and welcome to the Youth Sports Safety Update, produced by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program, or JSMP, in Jacksonville, Florida. JSMP is a nonprofit advocacy and prevention program that is dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and prevention. Joining us today is an athletic trainer in at Riverside High School here in Jacksonville, Florida, who's worked in this uh, setting for a number of years, the high school setting, secondary as some of us call it. So please welcome Shay Scorusa. Welcome, Shay. Did I get that right? You did, yep. <laughs> right. I, I, I had a pause and then I got it. Okay. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about your career and how it's evolved to this point and, and what developed your passion for, for athletic training. Yeah, so um, I don't know what kind of hit me. I was in uh, 10th grade in high school and I was at a, a University of Florida game and someone got hurt and people ran out on the field and I looked at my mom I said I'm gonna be that person <laughs> that runs out on the field and at that time I had no idea what their title was so I had to google person who runs out on the field for injuries during football games <laughs> and lo and behold athletic trainer came up I did some research and I said that's what I want to do and I uh went to college in North Carolina um, and it was a three, three and a half year undergrad program. Um, so we were kind of thrown into it right as freshmen and it was hands-on experience from the moment you get in and it was awesome. I developed a passion for it. I loved it. I couldn't really see myself doing anything else at that point. Um, and then I knew I did not want to do high school. <laughs> Shockingly enough, I was like, I don't want to go to high school. There's no money. There's no support. You know, I don't want to deal with parents and, you know, minors. And um, once I got my senior year rotation, my two program directors were like, nope, you're going to go to a high school. And, uh, so I was sour about it. I did not want to go. Um, I was like, let me just get this rotation done and back to the college setting I go. And I fell in love with it. And I wanted to stay the whole year. <laughs> and um, I think I to this day, that was in 2013, I still will reach out to my program directors and I'm like, thank you so much for seeing something in me that I did not see myself. And now I cannot picture myself anywhere except in the secondary setting. Well, that's, that's encouraging in that. So I, um, like I said earlier, I did my uh, student life and uh, early career at the university of Florida. So um, it could have been my, one of my mentors who was there for over 45 years, um, uh, been that person you saw he would have been the guy slowly moving out of the field but uh, I definitely know he's on the sideline but he, he was a great mentor and a, a hall of fame member so you got a good uh, you got a first experience and uh, that's um, sometimes the direction is is not what we think but uh, what uh, what we grow into so <clears throat> you've been at Riverside High School here in Jacksonville for a year and uh, so I haven't even been there a year. <laughs> been there a year. So you're in your first year. So um, what's this? Uh, what are you learning uh, as you uh, get into this new setting in that? 
Um, I'm learning that communication is one of the biggest kind of tools that we as athletic trainers can use. Um, and I'm also learning that it's not everyone's strong suit. (laughs) Um, so kind of one of my things is I am very consistent and I'm very persistent. So even though I communicate, I might not get that same um, communication from my coaches or parents or admin, um, but I will follow up (laughs) and until I get, you know, kind of the answer to my question or anything like that. Um, It's it's a learning experience for everyone um, because every athletic trainer will kind of run their school, run their athletic training program differently. So I'm coming in from what I hear a complete opposite of, you know, the previous athletic trainer, just in terms of communicating and um, just kind of being everywhere. So. Well, communications uh, is a real key. Um, Relationship building is very important and learning that uh, what works for one does not work for everyone and uh, balancing the being a good listener and balancing the uh, your skills, your expertise, the choice of words that you use um, will go a long way to, to help build those relationships and, and make communication more effective communication. So that's, that's a good, uh, a wise thing uh, in that. So what, what else have you learned as a professional in the high school setting? Um, and you can compare it to the college setting, but in the high school setting, what's what's different, unique, uh, challenging? One thing that one of my program directors always said, and it's just a, a random phrase that I still say, and she would always say, sometimes you just got to drop a shoulder and you got to adapt to the situation that's in front of you. And you have to do that a lot in high school. Um, at, you know, my current setting, I don't have a lot of space in my athletic training room. I don't have the same resources that I had at my previous high school. Um, so in order to kind of do the rehab and the treatment um, and everything that I want to do on all of the athletes that I want to do them on, I have to get creative. I set up my whirlpool outside the concession stand and they sit in chairs outside. (laughs) I have them go stretch outside on a table, um, you know, kind of just figuring out what I can do with what I have in order to, you know, achieve my end goal, which is to provide, you know, the most, um, care and safety that I can for these athletes. So. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, adaptability. I, that's, that's a, I heard an athletic trainer talk the other day, athletic training is an art and a science mm-hmm. and there's a lot of science involved in what we do and don't do, but there is an art to doing it. And that art may be in the form of our, uh, communication and those skills may be in the form of uh, our adaptability uh, to our setting. Uh, like you said, the size of your setting, the, uh, the amount of space you have, uh, but it's in, and just using your hands too, uh, as opposed to sometimes some modality 
a different ta taping technique uh, beyond a, a basic technique that you might use in that. So talk about, for example, what, what advice would you give in dealing with a parent? Okay. Difficult situation, difficult conversation with a parent, or maybe just a simple conversation with a parent. What are some uh, skills or tips you might want to uh, offer to a fellow athletic trainer who might be yeah. effective? Thankfully, my parents at this school have been completely open, understanding, and, you know, willing to work with me. Um, and, you know, kind of the way that I approach everything is, you know, I know this is your child. You know your child better than I know your child at this point. And, you know, but I can only tell you what I'm seeing from, you know, my expertise and my side um, and kind of, you know, work with them to, you know, develop a long-term plan rather than, you know, coming out and saying, this is what we're doing. This is what he needs to do. You know, you know, kind of make it more of building that relationship um, with the parents is also, you know, super important. And, um, you know, I give them my cell phone number. I let them know that they can call me, email me, text me, you know, open communication with them. Um, I let them know when I'm actually at the school. So if they want to come up, talk to me, anything like that, um, I'll talk to them during practice. And, you know, I, I work on kind of building those relationships as if we are all a family, like we're all in the same circle. I want your kid to be healthy and safe and, you know, let's just work together. How can we do this? You sound very wise beyond your age. Shay. That's, <laughs> that's very good advice. Uh, building that trust, building that relationship, building family, building, uh, I'm here to work with you, not tell you what you need right. to do. Uh, and the, those are just very important things. And, and that's uh, takes adaptability. It takes humility uh -huh. uh, to um, you may know it all, but you don't know it all. And right. uh, and that. So those are very wise words that you've offered there. So let's turn the page here just a little bit. There's a lot of chatter in our profession regarding quality of life and life balance uh -huh. issues. How do you manage life as a high school athletic trainer. I think one thing is go get a dog so you can uh, have somebody to talk to. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's great with Duval County is we're not teachers. So we have kind of the morning to kind of take care of anything that, you know, personally we need to take care of, or at least that's what I do. And um, then I get to the school uh, about noon um, and kind of do all my stuff there and going back to communication with my coaches, you know, I tell them, you know, I shouldn't be the last to find out about, you know, a schedule change because I form, you know, my schedule around the schedules that you provide to me. So it's, it's not, hard to add one more name to an email, to a text message, to a phone call, um, you know, when you're rescheduling a game or, you know, rescheduling referees or umpires or anything like that. Um, so thankfully I haven't had, um, you know, any 
spring on, um, you know, last minute changes. But I let my coaches know if it's a day of change, your your coverage is not guaranteed. You know, I have to if I have to move something around or I have a prior engagement that, you know, I formed around something, um, then they know that if it's an emergency, they call 911. And if it's something that can be seen the next day by me, then I see them the next day. And again, haven't run into any issues yet because um, my coaches have been very receptive to kind of my requests. <laughs> so, um, you know, just kind of having that open communication with them, knowing that, you know, at any time they can call me and say, hey, by the way, next week, we rescheduled something, just want it, you know, to be on your radar. So. Well, to sum that up, it's, it's again, very uh, respectful and open conversations, communication, and uh, your accessibility to them so that um, you work in a good cohesive relationship uh, with them. And um, their crisis is not always your crisis, you know, and uh, you, you have respect for that, uh, but you have the athlete's best interests at, at heart and mind, and, and you'll keep that in mind. Um, I know in your area, you, you have a very large school, but you have a large school with athletes and, and students that go to a community college, too, for early high school things and things like that. Um, you have, live in an, have an area that is partially affluent, but it's partially low income. And that. So, how do you uh, how do you deal with the let's just say the lower income families or those who uh, need help to address those cultural or nutritional uh, issues and challenges that you face? Kids that don't eat, kids that are even I've heard at your school a number of kids that are even homeless um, that still come to school, still participate in athletics and things like that. So, how do you help? Uh, to not solve their problems, but help them to address some of these issues uh, as far as nutrition and cultural differences and things like that. Yeah. So kind of one of the things that was probably my, my biggest issue, especially during football season was, you know, the fatigue, and the dehydration. Um, obviously it's hot in Florida. <laughs> um, but you know, a kid will come over to me and say, Mache, I'm not feeling well. Like, all right, what'd you have for lunch today? Well, nothing. Why not? It's free lunch. And, you know, they're like, well, it doesn't taste good. <laughs> I tell them all the time, I'm like, throw some salt and pepper in your bag, throw some seasonings in your backpack, like season your food. If, if that's what, you know, it takes for you to eat something. And, you know, I kind of stress to them, you cannot be an athlete and not feed your body. Your body uses food for energy. And how do you expect to, you know, exert so much energy during practice when you're not fueling the energy that needs to be burned? I have, I call it the sports medicine corner store <laughs> in my room. Um, so I've got some snacks. Um, most of them buy my snacks. Um, little fundraiser for you know, just things around the training room. And, um, but you know, if I have a kid every now and then it's like, Mache, I 
didn't get a chance to eat food or eat lunch today. I didn't have any breakfast. Like, is there anything that you have for me? You know, I'll give them a protein bar. Um, I've got granola bars, you know, things that are more healthier than, you know, just fruit snacks <laughs> or anything like that, just so they have some sort of fuel um, in their body before practice. Um, there's always water. Sometimes I've, I have Gatorade for them. So um, just kind of also the coaches reiterate it after every practice, you know, make sure you're drinking water, make sure you're eating your lunch, eating breakfast. Um, so just kind of educating them because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of them don't realize that, oh, I'm performing poorly in practice because I haven't eaten all day. <laughs> right. So just kind of that educational piece along with, you know, just encouragement. Hey, please, please eat something, you know. Right. And personally, I, th- I think education is probably a very higher percentage of our uh, work responsibilities. Uh, we treat injuries in that, but um, educating the athlete, uh, putting charts and posters and things we can point to things that they can see um, in this day of social media, putting things on uh, the different platforms that, that they can see. Um, I used to have a thing called uh, Mackie's minute, you know, whether you, that's the minute to uh, speak to the team about something about a, a nutritional thing or a hydration issue or uh, injury avoidance type thing. And uh, so uh you could call it Shay's, Shay's secrets to success, you know, and, uh, but anyway, things that, things that help educate people is, is just so important. And uh, we can deal with a lot of the excuses with positive alternatives and economical alternative, economical uh, opportunities that are, that are available out there in that. So those are great, great, great things that you're sharing there, Shay. Appreciate it. Uh, think about what uh, you have been a secondary school athletic trainer for a while. And uh, what messages would you like to share with your colleagues to better their life as a uh, secondary school athletic trainer? Um, definitely being, you know, that proactive, um, you know, persistent, consistent um, athletic trainer, not just with your athletes, but with your coaches, with your parents, with your administration, um, you know, you can't necessarily, you know, tell a kid, one kid this and then let another kid do the complete opposite when they're in, you know, the same boat. Um, but with that, we also know that every injury, every situation, um, is different. You know, every kid's injury is going to be different. Um, it might, they both, both might have shoulder injuries, but you know, how you approach their rehab might be different. Um, another thing that was kind of ingrained into me in my undergrad, um, is there's no cookbook recipe for how to deal with an injury. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you have to look at your resources, your time, your space, um, the kid themselves and kind of create your own, you know, recipe for their specific injury. Um, and that's something that I tell my kids 
also because they're like, oh, well, Johnny had this last week and you did this with him. I'm like, yes, but, you know, Johnny was at a completely different level than what you're at. And so your your rehab's going to be different. (laughs) So um, just being consistent um, in, you know, making your your plans and um, your communication with your with your coaches and your parents. So great, great. So let's talk to the parents and the athletes just for a minute. You address the nutritional part of it, the fueling, uh, in, in importance of fueling for uh, good performance in that. But uh, what messages would you give to parents and athletes regarding safety and uh, proper preparation prior to participating? That's a lot of P words. <laughs> well, another P word is proactive. And I, I love to tell parents that and the time to see your athletic trainer is not when you're injured. You know, come see me if, you know, you have something that you want to work on, you want to build on, you want to be stronger. I have a lot of kids, they're like, well, it's not really, you know, my ankle's not bothering me right now, but what can I do in order to prevent it from hurting or prevent any of this? Um, so I've, I've got a lot of athletes that just come in and they do rehab exercises with me um, in order to prevent something in the future. Letting everyone understand that there's no overnight healing. <laughs> you're, you're, you know, if you have an ankle sprain, you're not necessarily magically going to be back, you know, sprinting the next day. So um, we have to kind of get that into our minds. And, you know, I will do everything in my power to promote healing and, you know, strengthen and all of that. Um, but, you know, we might just have to take a day off. We might just have to modify this. You might not be able to go 100%. But if you can give me 25%, then, you know, it's better than nothing. So Exactly. Sometimes you just got to let the good Lord do his healing process. And, uh, and, and the time is a healer. But uh, as we're learning, active, active rehabilitation is a very good thing. And you get hurt, you're not on the shelf. You might be limited in some capacity, but there are things that you're not limited in that you can, can right. do to, to stay a part of the team or to stay uh, engaged in your uh, and, and accountable in your healing. And yeah, that's, that's one of my, my big things that I, I deal with, with, you know, my athletes, I'm like active. I firmly believe in active rehabilitation. Like, again, if you can give me 25% or if you can just, you know, do this motion or if, you know, you're out with, an ankle injury and you still want to go to the weight room, you know, do a little bit of upper body or, you know, kind of vice versa. Um, if it's your shoulder that's bothering you, you can still jog, you can still run, you can still do some things. Um, so my, my athletes like that part. They're like, Oh, you're not going to keep me out. That's why I didn't want to come to you in the first place. I'm like, no, Like if if I'm able to have you being active in some way, that's what I'm going to do. I don't want you to completely sit out if, if you don't have to, if we can modify somehow, then we're going to find a way we're going to do it. That's good. That's a, 
you know, they, they, sometimes they will avoid us, but if they can learn, we're not there just to pull them out. We're there to protect them and get them participating again at a, at it maybe even higher level. So um, these are all very, very helpful things. So thank you very much, Shay. This is all great uh, insight and information. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Youth Sports Safety Update. JSMP is dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and prevention. Make sure your school or sports team is safely prepared. And one way is to have a certified licensed athletic trainer present. Please check out our website at jaxsmp.com. And the Youth Sports Safety Update is produced by JSMP. And your host and producer today is Jim Mackey. Join us again soon. Thank you very much. We'll also place Shay's contact information on our in our show notes. If you have any questions, you can direct them to her. So thank you very much and have a great, wonderful day. Take care. Bye-bye.